double teamed fam. Do we have another special guest for you today? Actually, no, we don't. It's just me and Nikki, of course. So say hello, Nikki. I'm here as always. Um, yeah, it feels weird just the two of us. Yeah, it kind of does. I'm not going to lie. And we're recording in studio. So there's video footage of this, <laughs> um, which I'm very excited about. Anyways, I loved the Convo series and it kind of just came as an idea after we recorded with Danica and Nick. We it were, was actually my idea. Yeah, we were lining up a bunch of guests and and I don't know, I'm curious to see like what specific episodes people resonated with, like, you know, whether the astrology or maybe more of the kinky ones or the one that we did with Claire, Polly Pages. I know I really like the one with Leanne. We went through a lot of terms there. So all of them are great. Honestly, recording with Wendy was one of my favorite, favorite moments. I She just like left such a impression on me. Yeah, like I want to be like Wendy in the future, which would be having bomb sex 40 years into a relationship that, like she said, feels like the first time every time. I think that's that was really phenomenal. The reason why we did 10 Upfront Honestly, increments of 10 have always been like my thing. I voted for five, but Kimi wasn't a fan of that. I know. I was like, okay, you know, I do 10 sets at the gym. So let's keep it concise. 10 bad decisions all at once. So, you know, 10 episodes of convos to go from there. But I will say now that we've done the first initial 10, we will move forward and do more episodes again. Personally, for me, I loved getting to know all the people that we recorded with. Um, especially like the funny Dom and Wendy and Danica, Nick, everybody. I feel each conversation just brought something new for me, just, you know, inspired me in a new way that I really, you know, I, that's one of the things that I loved most about this series and interviewing guests is just the wealth of information and knowledge and perspective that you get out of it. So I don't know if I have a favorite. I think I just, I love them all each in their own way. So I will say, so it's like an open conversation. Yeah. I mean, we (laughs) learned from each of them and I think it's really cool in the sense that like, you know, like I said, everyone can take something a little bit differently from all of them. Um, I will say if we want to follow up on some of the things that we talked about, I know with Brittany in the sex toys episode, I reflected a lot about like anal play after that episode. (laughs) I really did because I just remember like putting like all the content out about that. And I was like, you know what? I really got to work on this. And I actually took the time to do that. So, and I have a funny story actually regarding that. So Um, let's hear it. So I was, (laughs) me and my trauma are all ears. I can't remember. Did I tell you this story? I'm not sure. We're about to find out. So this guy from Bumble, we'd been talking for a couple days. He was like north of where I lived and he was driving down on his way to San Diego. And so I was like, oh, hey, you're going to be driving through. Like, come on over, stop by. Let's, you know, meet each other. And he was like, absolutely. And <laughs> so of course, like he's super hot. Six fives got like a Greek God bod. And I just remember like him and I talked a lot about, you know, play because he also enjoyed butt plugs. And I was like, love this. Finally, Wait, like- Having them put in him? Yeah. Wow. And wait, from that guy? I've seen a picture of this guy. I'm very surprised, but yes, do continue. Right? right. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah. Like, I love he's very boy next door looking. Exactly. You would never hmm, expect okay. it, right? So I was like super excited. I'm like, finally, an opportunity to like experiment a little bit more with anal play. But I thought, okay, we'll take it slow. This is like the first time, you know, usually you just do like vanilla sex, keep it kind of clear and 
keep it kind of normal. You don't want to like freak him out the first time. So I was like, you know what? We'll just stick to like the normal stuff. And then um, we go at it. And, you know, the dick was that good that it happened to kickstart my. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I did tell you the story, didn't I? Sort of, I think. Anyways. I'm trying to remember. My memory sucks. So I'm thinking, he was like, let's go rinse off in the shower. I'm like, cool, let's do it. And so we're in the shower. And then I was like, oh man, this is like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is going to be over. He's probably just going to like head home or maybe we'll go like watch a movie, whatever. I was like, this is fine. Like playtime can be over and we can go do whatever. And he was like, time to put it in your ass. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Oh, geez. And it went great. And I haven't had it in months. And I was like, this is what I needed to work on my relationship with it again. So with your asshole? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you are working on that relationship. Well, I'm glad that that was, you know, a good moment for you. And I texted the guy that who I last had anal with, which was like months ago, like literally before we started recording the podcast. And so I was like, it's the first time since then it went phenomenal. I was like so scared to do it just because it'd been so long. And I was like, I don't really know how I feel about this, especially after the anal bead, you know, traumatic experience. But yeah, we'll call it a fiasco. It went really well. So now like I want to do it more. I'm very happy for that revelation. I just remember like, and I was thinking we used the good clean love lube. So I thought of Wendy in the middle of this moment. Yeah. So let's plug it in, guys. (laughs) If you need lube, go buy some at good clean love. Use code double 20. Honestly, yeah, their their products are great. I and the used lube worked phenomenally. I I'm thought. Very glad that you've experienced that. Yeah. If anything, I need more because we use quite a bit of it, which you can never use too much. Hmm. And if anyone needs a tip, I heard this on another podcast, so I'm going to share this with you guys as well, in case you haven't listened to Call Her Daddy. But if you're interested in anal play, best thing to do when they're going in, you have to like push out to relax the sphincter. <laughs> what if you fart? I don't know. Never had no, it happen. I'm just to me. saying, like that is a common like fear. Like this is what I get I it, but that's what you. But that's what you and have to do. I don't know why do. we're talking so heavily on this subject because these were not the intentions that we had for this episode. I'm just saying that that's what I practiced, and it went great, and I had a phenomenal time. Like it felt so good. So for anyone that's interested in it, I'm just saying that's what you should do. Lots of lube, relax, go for it. But I was just laughing the whole time because I was like, literally, I had a thought like as we of were, Wendy. Yeah, of Wendy. During Very interesting. Yeah, which I told her I would, I think about her during the next time. <laughs> yep. So plugging in that again, double 20 at goodcleanlove.com, 20% off lube. They have free shipping past $25. If you spend, go get you some boo. I think they get um, it, Kimmy. But <laughs> okay. So anyway, I don't know. It was just kind of a really nice moment. And then I, like I said, I texted the guy that I last had email with. And then I texted the guy that I'm seeing and told him about it. Cause I was just so excited to like have had a good moment with that. I can't wait until I'm having sex one time and I think of one of our guests. I will reach out. Oh, with Kira, the astrology episode. I actually, we got a surprising like number of feedback on that of like people that really liked it. But I've been doing a lot more charts and looking at the seventh and the fifth houses. And I don't know, like it's been interesting to kind of look at it from a different perspective. I haven't said no to anyone if they haven't had the placements that I'm looking for in the seventh and fifth houses. But I will say I'm avoiding Virgos like the plague. And I don't know why, but like I need to get out of the habit of like swiping left on the people that are not Leos, Geminis or Pisces or Libras. Honestly, just the earth signs. I like their grounding energy for like as my friend, but as like a partner, I just don't know that I'm that compatible with it. I don't know. So so there is one guy that I'm going on a date with next week who is a Virgo. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, 
I know. And I was like, I can't. Can I, I see know. a picture later? Yeah, I'll send you a picture. But Thank even you. though, you know, and Virgo is a mutable sign. So they should be like pretty cool with non-monogamy. He seems like it so far. But I'm just saying I, I need to get out of the habit of like swiping left on the people who don't have the signs that I don't like or that I like. Hmm. Well, okay. And I'm going to so switch it up a little bit. I just want to say for anyone who's listening, thank you guys if you've made it to this journey because we're now past 20 episodes. And if you're still here, we love you for that. Oh, we are? Yeah. As far as guests that we want on the show and, you know, the Convo series and where that will go. Um, for future guests, I really want. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, please, please, please DM us with any like future guests that you would like. Like ideas, like types of guests. Like there's a male submissive that we might be, or that we will be recording with soon. Yeah. I'd love a submissive's perspective from a male because, you know, obviously. Well, and I, I myself have so many different, um, you know, people that I want or, you know. Such as, let's people hear. People in other categories that I want to interview. Like I want to inter- interview, you know, like a gay couple and their open experience or a trans person and their, you know, non-monogamy experience. Like I want those conversations too. I would Um, love, there's a gay triad that I see on Reddit all the time and I need to DM them, but they are like the absolute cutest. They all got these tattoos. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's use our network to our listeners. If you have anyone that you think of, that would be great. You know, send them over. Onto the actual topic for today. Um, So during this convo series, like we said, we've been learning a lot. Um, and I learned a lot from like the solo polyamorous people that we interviewed. Leanne and Gabby and Claire all had really good, I thought, perspectives on like polyamory in general and like solo poly. And I just remember um, Leanne and I had been talking about how, or no, it was with Claire, kitchen table polyamory and like how for her it was a nightmare, but like for Gabby, it worked really well. And then, you know, stuff happened in my uh, table. On my table, yes. Stuff happened on my table. So let's talk about it. As you know, we're in a V. My husband would be the hinge, and then he's got his girlfriend, and then me, I'm his wife. And so when we started out, like the whole kitchen table dynamic worked out super well. It was so fun. Like we went to Vegas all the time. Like we all went on vacations. We hung out at the house. We had dinners together. Like it was really cute and really fun for like the first three months. And then you know, in all relationships, usually after the three month mark is when kind of like that honeymoon phase is over. And like, you start like seeing some things that you're like, uh, I don't know, like we got to deal with this. So now for them, they are very much still in the honeymoon phase. Um, but as far as me and her were metas, um, like there were just some things that I was kind of like, I, like, I just want to understand, or like, I want to take some more time to like build some trust with her here or like get a better understanding of it. But the thing was that like, I didn't know how to navigate like communicating with her sometimes because like I didn't want to like if I had an issue with something I didn't want to bring it up and then that like affect their relationship she's like oh my god like she doesn't like me or and it wasn't that at all but I was just like I don't want to do something that like causes tension in their relationship so I was like hesitant about communicating with her and so then like I would talk to my husband about it and I'm like, well, I'm just trying to understand like this, this, and this. And he'd be like, well, I mean, like from my perspective, like, you know, this, this, and this. So, and I'm not really going to go too much into specifics, but I realize now that like having him as kind of like the relay in communication between her and I was not necessarily the best practice. And 
I think like if you want to make kitchen table polyamory work, like in a V, for example, you're, you know, the, the two metas don't interact or don't have like a sexual or romantic relationship, I should say, but you still need to communicate in order for it to be successful. And that was very much a lesson learned in, in this recent situation, I would say. So, cause I remember like Gabby was saying, you know, she, and her meta went on, you know, outings and, you know, they had conversations about her um, boyfriend, Alex, all the time. Like they very much communicated with each other. Now, granted, like her and I definitely did too, but when it came to issues, like I just didn't know how to bring it up all the time. So it caused some issues. Oh yeah. What else do you want to call it? Discrepancies? It caused issues. Let's just put it that way. And I'm not going to spill all the tea as much as you guys probably want it. Um, but basically what happened, like she had said something and I was like, it made me question, like, like I was growing really close with her. Like she was becoming someone that I really considered like a friend. And like, I had a lot of like platonic feelings for her in the sense that like, I, I wanted her to be a part of our lives. And I really cared for her and her son who I met one time. And he was like the cutest thing ever. But then I realized I'm like, oh my God, this relationship is so new. And she's never really been in a long-term relationship. And he was telling me about like some of the like little tiffs that they were having. And I was like, what if like they break up and then I get my feelings hurt too in this. So I was like, maybe I need to like pull back a little bit. Maybe I need to kind of like wrangle in my feelings here and not get like too like over the moon with like all these like dreams of like what this kitchen table dynamic could look like. So at that point, when I started to pull back, and on top of that, like there was some things she said that I wanted to like discuss, but I didn't know how to. So I, I like became really reserved. And then I started hanging out with them a little bit less. I'm like, well, maybe they need some more time to figure out some of their issues. And once they figure out those, then I can step in and, and like figure out my shit with her. So I was like, well, we'll just do that. And so I thought that was going to be like a solid plan. Um, and then on top of that, I was dealing with like all my other relationships. I'm not going to lie. I probably spread myself a little thin at that time of year. This is like circa August, I would say. So it, I think the term for it is polysaturated when you have like too many relationships going on and like maybe you're a little saturated. So well, it wasn't even just that. We just had a lot going on in general. Yeah, exactly. Trips, we were like traveling a bunch, like work, work podcast stuff podcast. that was like in the middle of the whole series so like we were like booking yeah there guests. was, yeah, there was yeah. just a lot going on and you know getting people or scheduling all that stuff takes a lot of time so I know yeah. for you and I like we were just like exactly way too much going on so and so I just I, I pulled back from like the whole you know hanging out the three of us all the time and then also from communicating with her and then that signaled to her that I was no longer like invested in the things that she wanted out of this like kitchen table dynamic as well. Um, so that kind of snowballed. And I, and I guess what I really learned there is that like, if we had communicated a little bit better upfront and if we had maybe, you know, talked a little bit earlier about some of those issues and maybe we could have avoided that. And I think for anyone that like wants to partake in kitchen table polyamory, it does take communication between the metas like more so than you think. I always say, if you think you're communicating enough in a relationship, like you're not. Communicate more. Like if you think you're at a good level, you're probably not like keep going, keep communicating. So that really put a hindrance on, on our relationship. Well, nobody's perfect. 
No. And it's okay if you mess up. I know. And that's what, like, I remember in our conversation with Leanne, you know, she was saying that a lot of times people expect you to be, you know, perfect in polyamory just because like, if it messes up or something goes wrong, like that means that polyamory doesn't work when really it's just a, a, the fact that like, it's like a, any other relationship. And of course, like it's going to have issues and you're going to mess up and like, no one's perfect at it. But I looked at this and I was like, okay, what are the lessons learned here that I can take into like my next, you know, poly relationships? Will I do kitchen table polyamory again? I don't know, to be quite honest. Like I think about my other relationships, like I'm still seeing that girl, you know, her and I have been together for like six months now. I realized that the other day we've been seeing each other for six months. And then I don't know if y'all remember J2 from like episodes ago. So we kind of reconnected. He came with us to EDC and that's when I realized that like, even though him and I hadn't had sex in like months, we kept talking. We just like never really made plans, never really like fostered our romantic relationship. We like continued to foster our friendship. And then now we're like, we're at a place where we're like, you know, nurturing everything again and like putting more effort back into it. And so like those two relationships, for example, will probably keep like completely parallel, not for like any reason, but I'm just like, they're fine as they are. Like they're not intersecting in any way. And it's totally cool. Like I tell them about each other, but like they don't, doesn't really go past that. And I don't really feel a need to like introduce the two of them or anything like that. So I might just stick with a little bit more of the parallel dynamic in the future and see how that goes. So what you're saying is as far as, you know, like with the kitchen, Polly, Amory, are, are you afraid to go back into it or you're just hesitant to because it's, you know, it's still really fresh and like that whole fiasco isn't totally resolved at the moment. But I will say it like ruined the relationship between her and I because it finally like kind of bubbled up into this like I was giant. gonna say you're gonna have to spill a little bit more tea, sis. So <laughs> either we go full in or like full scent. Okay, we can't go half cent. We can start with half cent. Let's We're going to start cent. with half cent. We're going to start with half cent. Okay. Not full cent. So basically like when we all went to Greece is like when I started to finally like voice some of my um, issues because like I couldn't take it anymore. And like I'm a Scorpio Mercury guys, like I just get emotional and I need to talk and I, like it just all comes out. Like, and I just don't give a fuck. In I was going to say, you I and I just things. don't have like the filter when it comes to like, voicing issues, we'll go ahead and just do it. I mean, I do it respectfully yes, and tactfully, but I like lay it all out. I'm not the type of person to like withhold anything. Well, and I will say Nikki is far better at this than I am. She's much more eloquent. So me, the bystander in this trip, trying to <laughs> enjoy a vacation instead, I get tossed into this little kitchen table fiasco. Mess, um, yeah. Which, you know- I love my family and I'll always support them. So no, it was fine. Nikki and her husband are my family. And so, you know, I'm over here just like watching like, oh, oh, okay, let's see how this goes. But I will say one thing that I did learn that I was very um, in awe of is your ability to tactfully communicate when you're ready to. So I realized that you did, you know, you kind of had the issue of how to bring up the, yeah. you know, how to bring up these things to her because yeah, I can imagine it's fairly difficult to, you know, want to speak with someone about something, but, you know, also realize that it affects another person. So I can see how. Yeah. I didn't want to affect their relationship. So then I was like trying to tread carefully. And then I finally got to the point where I'm like, I just need to communicate this. I can't put it off any longer. Like it's time to go. Here it is. I'm going to lay it out to them. And so I did. 
And I mean, we had some good discussions, I thought, in the sense that as they came, you know, we we kind of resolved them, but then more issues would just keep coming up. And then it finally got to the point where it's just like, I don't know where we are, but regardless. Hey, DT fam, you know how important STD testing is and how often we discuss it on our show, which is why I'm super stoked to be working with stdcheck.com. So whether you are with a new partner or you just want to stay on top of your sexual health, Maybe you have multiple partners or maybe you went to a sex party and forgot to use a condom. Whatever it is, it is super important for you to be maintaining your sexual health and that obviously includes STD testing. So stdcheck.com is the leader in reliable and affordable lab-based STD testing. I've done this many times, so I'm definitely a big fan of this. Basically, you order your test online and then go right to one of their certified labs get your testing done, no doctor visit is required, and then you do get your results emailed to you in about two days. What I love about stdcheck.com obviously is it offers confidential and convenient STD testing. This is how I typically do my testing, especially when I want to do a full, full panel. So with multiple online payment options, it's super easy to set up and also you just have that peace of mind. If you're looking for a super convenient way to go get tested, head on to stdcheck.com. Com. And right now, stdcheck.com is offering our listeners $10 off your order. So go to doubleteamedfam.com. Of course, we'll have that linked in the episode description. Click on STD check and use code DTF to get $10 off your next STI test. That's doubleteamedfam.com. Click on STD check and use code DTF to go get tested. And this is just a great way to support our show while you're taking care of your sexual health. So thank you guys. Go get tested. I feel bad that like a lot of the times prior to that trip, you know, my husband kind of got stuck in the middle of it as like, like I said, you know, we put all the communication on him as the hinge and like, we shouldn't have done that. So I, I do feel a little bit guilty about that. And one thing I will say that I also kind of realized, and I and I reflected on this because, you know, like I remember when we interviewed Gabby, you know, she said that like in in their dynamic, you know, um, you know, she's got her relationship with her boyfriend and then her boyfriend's married. Um, and obviously like, I don't know everything about like their life goals and whatnot, but it sounds like Gabby's very autonomous, very secure, very self-aware. And then- everyone else in the relationship is too. And like, I realized just how much autonomy is needed in a marriage if you're going to be polyamorous. And I think a lot of the work that my, that I've done at least, um, and I realized maybe my husband needed to do a little bit more was in becoming more autonomous because you cannot be codependent in a marriage and have a polyamorous relationship style. You just can't. Because if you're codependent on each other, like, and then you throw polyamory into the mix. Um, it just gets messy. And I, I will say like, we put a lot of work into being like pretty autonomous, I would say. Um, but I definitely realize that, like I said, you know, similar to communication, you think you've done enough work? No, you have not done enough work. So oh, self-work is always needed. Yeah. And that's the thing, like it really uncovered like a lot of things that I was like, oh, like I thought we were, you know, 
we discussed this. We talked about this. Like we literally, this exact same scenario and still here we are in the midst of it. And we're like, oh fuck, it looks a lot different than what we thought it was going to be like. So that's one thing, you know, when it comes to like non-monogamy, polyamory, like I know, you know, we're always talking about resources and, you know, books, podcasts, influencers, you know, essays that you can read about it. Like you can do as much preparation as you can. It's like parenting, right? You can do as much preparation as you can, but until you're like in the trenches, like you really don't know how it's going to go. So like I said, even though we actually discussed like the exact same scenario of what happened, it wasn't until we were actually in it that we were like, oh shit. Like we didn't think about that, you know, in reference to like autonomy and things like that. I also thought about, you know, like having everyone in this dynamic, like I almost have to think like your goals seem to be somewhat similar. I don't know for other people. Oh, of course. All of you have to have at least the same sort of vision Vision of life. Yes, vision of life. And that's where another issue kind of arose a little bit was because um, like she's more family oriented. I'm definitely very career driven. My husband's career driven, but now switching to more family oriented. So it was like, I remember we, like one time we were in the car, all of us, the four of us, we were driving down to, I think it was day trip, which was a festival here in SoCal. And we were like talking about how, like, if they have children, you know, we need to plan which month they're going to conceive on so that we don't end up with a Capricorn, you know? (laughs) And like, we used to have discussions like that all the time. Like I dream, I dreamt of like a big old house for all of us, like, you know, with their children, because I don't want my own children. But I think where we kind of started seeing a little bit of those differences arise is that like, I thought this would be something that would be like five to seven years down the road or like 10. And they were thinking more like two or less, or I don't even really know, but it sounded like very near term. And that's when I was kind of like, oh shit, like I'm not even 30 yet. Like I'm not ready to give up my career to, to help raise a family. Not that I'd have to give up a career necessarily, but like still, you know, it's time consuming. You just weren't ready. Yeah. I just wasn't ready. Yeah. And it was just kind of moving a little bit quickly in that sense. And so I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And so then, and that kind of started happening at the same time that I was like, I don't know how I feel about these other things and I don't know how to communicate. So I'm just going to pull back a little while I gather my thoughts. And then that's when she was like, oh, she doesn't support any of this. Well, fuck, how am I going to have this future with this person that I want if their wife doesn't support it? So that's where all the issues came from. So I don't know necessarily like, and this is just my experience because I just went through it. Sometimes that, you know, those differences in, in the, the future that you envision with these people can cause friction. And I believe it can still work, but since her and I really missed the mark on that communication, it just got to a point where like we built a lot of you know, kind of ideas in our head of what the other person was thinking. We never actually communicated. And then, you know, we thought we were like resolving these issues as we talked about them in Greece, but we really weren't. I don't know. Like I said, kitchen table polyamory, I don't think it's like a bad structure to use. And I think it can work. And I think there are beautiful examples of it out there. I'm just saying in my first go at it, I kind of fucked it up. We all kind of fucked it up. Honestly, the three of us, we did. So, cause well, that's okay that you can admit that. Yeah, no. And I'm happy to, like, I'm not going to hide it. Like it was my first go at it, you know? Like, and that's the thing. I remember, I remember even telling her that I'm like, look, we've been non-monogamous for four years. Like, I kind of feel like I should have known this. And then I was like, wait a minute. No. Yeah. You've like, never done it, polyamory. Like, how yeah, would you exactly. know? So I think everybody needs to give themselves some grace in that situation. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
like I said, I, I know it can work. And, and I think it would have been a lot better if we had just communi- communicated early on. But yeah, that was the first time I ever had a meta. That was, that was like my first experience with it. And what's funny is I remember when this whole, you know, thing was going on. I feel like, I don't know if anyone can relate with this, but I feel like Reddit reflects exactly what's going on in my life. Like at the time that, no, I'm serious. At the time that we were, um, for example, like telling our parents about non-monogamy, I saw so many posts about people like, how do I tell friends and family? How do I tell my family? My family, you know, like my spouse or my meta or my whatever, like they want to know or they want to be more included. So, and we did that episode on like how to, you know, tell friends and family that you're non-monogamous or polyamorous. And then right around the time that like all of this was happening, like so many posts on Reddit of people are like, um, there was one legitimate where the girl was like, I want to have a child with, you know, my dude, but my meta is like, you know, their situation was a little bit differently. Like the meta wanted one too. So then it's like, who gets to have the baby? Oh, but I mean, granted they can both, but then that's like two babies that you got to take care of at once, you know? And so I just- Are they considered twins? No. Yes. No. What if what? they're, no, what if they're conceived the exact same day? Like two, but they'd have to be born the same. So like two. No, they're just siblings. I, I'm not high. I promise. No, but I, well, actually that's a good question. No, if they, but no, but they're two separate women. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not twins. They're not twins. It's just half the, yeah. Anyways. They're half siblings. Half siblings. Half twins. If they're born the same day. Regardless. Imagine if that happened. I just thought it was funny that I kept seeing posts on Reddit of like people like, how do I talk to my meta about this? Like my meta and I are having some issues. Like how do I communicate this? So I, for some reason, maybe it's just like the posts that I end up reading, but I just feel like Reddit reflects what's going on in my life. Or maybe it was universe, you know, universe knew what was going on and they're like, we're going to throw you some suggestions. Yeah. And the funny thing is for all my astrology fans, this all happened around the Pisces full moon, which if you know anything about astrology was a chaotic emotional mess. So just imagine an Aries rising, a Cancer rising and a Taurus rising, all having issues around a Pisces moon. So that's my little lesson on on metas and kitchen table polyamory. Communicate with your metas and have those discussions like what do you guys envision for the future? Is it on the same page? If it isn't, how are you going to make it work? You know, if one of you wants a family and one of you wants more of like a career, like you can still have both of them. It's just, you know, you have to navigate how, you know, if they start a family, but you're still focused on your career, like how that's going to look like. I bet everybody's wondering, well, how did this resolve itself? That is a story for another time. So please sit patiently. Um, and right now it is a to be determined. Yeah. We're going to press pause on how that ended until we figure that out. You know, I do want to reflect. I've been watching Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce and I've seen some non-monogamy and polyamory representation on there. You said you watched it. I've watched a show, but I watched it years ago. It's like, it's Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. It's years old. It's been around for a while. Really? Yeah. I watched it like two years ago. Really? So I don't remember everything about the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I started season one like five days ago. It's a great show. Highly recommend it. But I I don't remember just because it was so long ago that I watched it. I'd have to go back and see like the parts about non-monogamy. So there were two representations. One, the one of the main characters, I guess, became the third for an established married couple. Okay. And- Was it kitchen table or parallel? 
kitchen table. Well, they were all, it was a triad. Oh, okay. It was all, a triad. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. They were all sexually attracted to each other, all messing around with each other. But the funny part was where, you know, they bring up two different parts of, you know, non-monogamy, polyamory, A, telling your friends because they show a scene of the girl kissing the husband and the friends seeing it. And they're like, oh my God, you- Cheating on your wife. Yeah. yeah. But actually, no, what, what do they call it? Home wrecking, home wrecking. They're like, oh my God, you home wrecker. <laughs> How did I forget that term? Anyways, then, you know, it shows her, you know, in the tub with the two of them be like, how do I tell them? And, you know, they're like, let's keep it a secret a little bit longer. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then finally she does tell them. But then what ends up happening is, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this, what ends up happening is she goes to, they take her to a, what she thinks is a sex party. All they say is, we have somewhere special to take you to. And what it was, it was just a community gathering of all the polyamorous people, but they didn't tell her that. All they told her was, we're taking you somewhere. And she goes and she sees all these people, granted they were making out with their own respective partners. Yeah. She thought it was a sex party. So then this, you know, this other girl comes up to her and they're talking and she's like, and so the the new girl, she's like, oh, like, did y'all want to do something? Or I forgot how it exactly went. And she's like, oh my God, what? Oh yeah, she tried to kiss her. And she was like- I think I remember this part. Yeah. It's she literally like, been years since I watched uh, the show. What the heck? And then the the couple rushes over and they're like, oh, sorry. I don't think, and she's like, okay, well, why didn't you just tell her that it wasn't a sex party? It was just a community gathering. And they were like, we just wanted to bring you here to see our community. And I'm like, why didn't you tell her that? So A, that was a big red flag. I was like, first of all, communicate. Like, tell her where you're going. I get, you know, this is part of the premise so that you build a certain storyline with it, but still. And then they asked her to be, to marry both of them or like be their official third. They had these cute little necklaces um, of an infinity with a heart. Okay. So then, you know, they wanted her to join them, but she ended up bailing because she wanted to stay with her you know, screwing her ex and she wasn't ready to be their third. She wasn't in love with them the way they were in love with her, I guess. That was the first prison, you know, representation. The second one was with the gay couple, the brother of the main character and his husband. Oh, and I think I remember how this. they were like, one of them, they just weren't sleeping together because the other guy was busy. And the other guy's resolution to this was, giving each other hall passes to be open. And the guy was like, this isn't what I want. I just want to fuck my husband, not, you know, go off with some other person. So that was the other representation. What I did like about that is that they did actually show a little bit more of the communication process. Mm, okay. I appreciate sure that. Sure you haven't seen this? I have watched the show, but it's like, it's been like years. I can't believe it's that new. Anyway, so yeah, I saw that for a long time. I saw that representation and found it interesting because they, they, it, it's like every single other representation that we've seen. They do some parts of it right. And then and they other completely parts of fuck it. up the rest. Yeah. Yep. But you know what? That's kind of a, you know, a That's reflect. the theme of this episode. Some parts you're going to do right. The rest, you might fuck it up. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like it's a reflection of what actually happens in polyamory too, or non-monogamy. You know I yeah. should say non-monogamy or polyamory as a whole. That's what happens. Like some things you get right and then some things you fuck up. For example, I mean, we were communicating, like we did get that right. We just weren't communicating enough and then communicating to the wrong people. So we fucked that up and then we communicated and then it just instilled. <laughs> it's going to be fine, guys. Don't worry. So 
what are we taking away from this episode? A, I just want to reflect on all of our amazing guests and I can't wait to have many, many more on the pod. And thank you to all of them for joining us. Like here we are just like two random people like, hey, will you, do you want to come record with us and like talk about like your intimate <laughs> details? Personal details. Yeah, personal things. Um, I do love to see what people take away from these episodes. Yeah. Like I remember someone posted um, that one quote that Wendy said that was like, if you're just having shitty sex, that's- a- Yeah, she said uh, shitty sex over and over is just self-harm. And and I really like that she had pointed that out because, you know- like, And you know what? It wasn't until I saw someone post that line that I was like, oh my God. Like, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I did not process that enough as I was like, yes. Because usually we're like, when I'm editing these episodes, like I'm listening to them so much that like by the time I'm done, I'm like, I never want to hear this again. And I'm just like on to the next one because I've listened to it so much. And like your ears have just heard it over and over. Like sometimes you don't really process the things. So like when you don't have a fresh set of ears on it, right? So like when she had posted that and she said that quote, I'm like, I completely forgot how like awesome of a quote that was. And I thought to myself in that moment, I'm like, have I been having shitty sex over and over? I I don't think I have. Like I said, I don't know. I've been having pretty great sex. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and then and then another takeaway is just, you know, like we said, when it comes to, to metas and kitchen table polyamory, keep talking. Just lay it all out. I don't know what kind of a Mercury you have. Remember, Mercury is the planet of communication. So And it's okay if you mess up. And I'm yeah. not saying like go just fuck everything to shit because don't do that. Yeah, but at the same but, time, like you're gonna mess up and it's gonna be fine. Like even though, you know, we royally messed it up. Everything's going to be fine. At the end, it will be fine. Thanks for joining us today, guys. It was just the two of us. So thanks for putting up with Honestly, us this again. is, yeah. It, and it almost feels a little awkward. I'm not going to lie. Um, Which Kami and I talk every day. Yeah, we talk every day. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like when we first started recording, it took a huge amount of prep work to get going. And then just as time went by, it got so much easier. And then now we have like, instead of, you know, we're recording an episode without a guest. I feel like, you know, we're going back to like our roots. It's very interesting in a way. Yep. Maybe we'll Guys, spill more tea. Yeah. Je- you know what? Like I said, we're going to half send on this. Hit pause. We'll spill all the tea another time. When, when I'm ready. When when it is the correct time, right? So have a little patience. We're, you know, making a little bit like give you some anticipation. It's like the buildup before sex, you know? It's like when you're talking to a guy for a few days before you bang and it's like really hot and then it actually happens. And then you're like, you know what? We're at the sexting stage um, and then we're (laughs) going to get to the foreplay stage and then we're going to get to like full send. So we're just going to leave it at that. Don't forget double 20 at Good Clean Love if you want to get some lube. Honestly, I also tried the um, vaginal moisturizing gel. Highly recommend. You dry? No, I'm just saying like the reason I did it was because like, you know, after you use condoms, sometimes like that area kind of dries out with all that latex. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And like, and then, you know, like I showered and everything, but like it was just still kind of like, I don't know, not as like- No, you know what? And it's also hormonal. Like, you know what? Sometimes during your period or before like hormones are changing and you're, yeah, you get dry down there. Yeah, exactly. So I just threw some of that on there and it felt, it's like- putting lotion on your badge but like I wouldn't put normal lotion just because like you don't know what's in it I'm not going to repeat the big words that Wendy said because I don't know how to pronounce any of them but 
What I'm saying is, uh, they, they also have like fragrances and stuff. Like you don't oh, want to put that down there. This. Anyways, so I used that gel, and I'm just saying that I really liked it. So pro tip for anyone that like during your cycle gets a little drier, maybe after condoms, like you need that help, use it. All right, come back next time, guys. We love you all. Dee, 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 dee. Outro music. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you, Camilla.